Hey folks, it's Adam Summer on this Heartland Pod for Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. I'm going to be going over the Missouri amendments, the ballot initiatives that you're going to be looking at on your ballot. Maybe you've already voted. In that case, this might just be entertainment. But if you're still looking at those and wondering what to do, I'm going to walk through every single one of them, including a full discussion on Amendment 3 with Rachel Parker and Reese Ellis, who was very generous with his time to join us. Lots to talk about. Let's go. All right. Welcome back to the Heartland Pod. Like I said, my name is Adam Summer. If you are a first-time listener to the Heartland Pod, a little bit of context as we get into this stuff is probably useful for you. Uh, I am an attorney in West Central Missouri, so that is where I'm coming from. I uh, have been uh, out of law school for a little over a decade now and have been practicing law in a general practice. Uh, I deal with uh, criminal issues from uh, both sides, uh, and I deal with civil issues and basically everything under the sun other than bankruptcy and tax law. Uh, I've probably dealt with it in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so that's where I'm coming at uh, from an experience standpoint when I'm talking about these ballot measures so that you know what you're getting from me here. Uh, before I get to the substance of those, just a reminder, uh, if you haven't yet and if you're new to us, uh, check us out at heartlandpod.com. You can subscribe there to be a Patreon member. If you do so, there are benefits to that. We have extra episodes. We're going to have a live stream on Tuesday night that is going to be for our Patreon members. We will record the audio so that we can put it out as a show the next day. But if you want to be part of the live stream and you can talk with us and leave comments and uh, be a part of what's going on, ask questions live, uh, that's how you do that. You sign up for Patreon by going to heartlandpod.com and clicking on the Patreon link. Uh, you also can follow us on all the social media that's out there with The Heartland Pod, at The Heartland Pod, and you'll find us. Look for the three green leaves. All right, let's get to the ballot measures. All right, four ballot measures to consider. Uh, they're numbers one, three, four, and five. There was an attempted two. It didn't get certified, so that's why the, the numbering seems a little bit funky. And then there is a question about whether or not we should have a constitutional convention in Missouri. So I'll get to each one of those in turn. Uh, we will close out with Amendment 3. That is the marijuana amendment because we have a longer, broader discussion uh, with that. And I'll give you some bullet points on it before that full discussion. So Amendment 1. This one comes to us from the Missouri General Assembly. In other words, Republicans wanted to put this on the ballot in order to add it to the Constitution. So the question here is, do you want to amend the Constitution to allow the General Assembly to override the current constitutional restrictions of the state investments by the state treasurer and allow for investments in municipal securities possessing one of the top five highest long-term ratings or the highest short-term rating? That's what you're getting in the quote-unquote fair ballot language. Uh, here's the reality of what Amendment 1 does. It, it basically shifts greater discretion to the state treasurer to make decisions on how to invest money on behalf of the state of Missouri. Uh, it could have a monetary benefit to the state of uh, about $2 million. It could, but that's not a guarantee because we're talking about investments. The reality here is that there is a huge push by the GOP, not just Missouri. I'm talking about the broader national party. It's a talking point. 
to end what they're talking about as woke capital or woke investments, okay? Basically, divesting public money from anything that looks like green energy or touches a company that might be friendly to equity or equal rights issues, LGBTQ+, things like that. So this one, for me, is a, it's a pretty easy no. I, I don't think it's a change we need. I think it's a politically motivated amendment. I think that's why it's on the ballot in the first place. I don't think there's any particular public benefit reason for it. Uh, I think it is simply a culture war issue being given to you in a much different format. But that's that's what I think the gist is on Amendment 1 uh, for that. And, and for all of these, for Amendment 1 and all of these, I will have the links to uh, actual language. So you'll be able to get all that. And it's available at the Secretary of State's uh, website. It's very easy to find this stuff. It, it, they're not hiding it from anybody. So, uh, All right, I'm going to move to Amendment 4 since we're going to do Amendment 3 last. So Amendment 4, uh, this one... Uh, I think is even simpler than Amendment 1. Uh, yet again, we have the uh, majority uh, Missouri GOP you know, running the Missouri legislature, and here they're trying to wrest away, take away local control, basically wherever they can in spots to keep Democrats from having say in certain policies as much as possible. So Amendment 4 would actually change a current provision of law that requires the city of Kansas City to use 20% of its city budget to fund the city's police department. And it would change that and take it up from 20% to 25%. So it is the state government, the largest government in the state of Missouri that is, you know, other than federal, but obviously the largest state entity, telling a municipal government what it can and cannot do with its money. Um, why? Because the KC City Council... Uh, wanted to take away some money from the police budget. People who are local elected officials, a local government body made up of locally elected officials, wanted to make a decision, and Republicans didn't like it. So uh, this is another very, very easy no vote for me. So I'm, I'm a no on one and a no on four. Uh, Amendment five. This one, I, I've seen a lot of folks who are very hard in the no column on this one, and I understand why. Because there is a part of looking at Amendment 5 that looks like it is simply handing power over to Mike Parson. Uh, and I get that. I get that argument. But the reality is that the way the Missouri National Guard is set up, and, and shout out to Brian Strubig, uh, who has helped out understanding this. He posted some good information in our Slack chat about this. Um, the way our National Guard is set up is different from most every other state, basically. Uh, and folks involved in the National Guard actually want this to happen. Um, so I don't think it's as simple as Governor Parson or the, the Republican Party trying to grab power. And if you want to right now boo and hiss at me, okay, because you're on the left, uh, remember what I just said in the last two amendments where I basically threw the uh, majority GOP Missouri party right under the bus. So this is not me trying to play nice. This is me doing what I do often, which is stay neutral, okay? I'm throwing the GOP under the bus not because I'm trying to be mean to them on Amendment 1 and 4, but because I think it's very obviously true. Whereas with Amendment 5, I just don't think that's the same thing here. So I understand the argument. That being said, I'm, I'm not sure I see the, the point of this amendment uh, other than the reorganization. Uh, I, I Maybe it gives the governor more power. I can see that, but... Uh, I am, uh, you know, I'm probably going to vote no on it, 
but I'm not sure that it, it really matters if this one passes as much. So, all right, the Constitutional Convention. Missouri law requires that every 20 years, voters have a chance to vote to have a constitutional convention. This is the, I think, fourth time that we will have voted on this issue. Of course, it hasn't happened in all those times. Uh, the law provides for procedures, and in reality, it would be quite a show. Uh, it would be something, really. Uh, it's in the Constitution now, what would have to happen, and I've, I've read it, and it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, but uh, I don't know that it would be worth very much. Uh, it would be a show. It would be interesting. It would be something that somebody like me would spend a, long, a lot of time uh, examining and wanting to be around, but uh, ultimately, I don't think it would do much. Uh, even if the convention came up with proposals, all of those proposals would then have to go to the voters for ratification. Uh, I've seen a handful of Democrats pushing this issue as a chance to use the ballot box for, uh, you know, larger issues. Uh, and I, I, I get the the idea there. Uh, this reliance that Missouri voters will continue the streak of supporting more progressive measures when they're not tied to a political party, but. I think that's a pretty drastic miscalculation of how the parties will interact with proposed constitutional amendments on that scale. So, you know, we've never seen that before. So uh, I'm a no on the Constitutional Convention. So recap real quick. I'm a, a hard no on one in four. Five, I'm probably voting no, but I'm not necessarily, you know, convicted here of, of what ought to happen. And I'm a hard no on the Constitutional Convention. All right, let's get to Amendment 3. Okay, with Amendment 3, um, I think it is a fair question to say, are we talking about perfect or are we talking about good? Uh, in just a minute, we will have the conversation with myself, Reese Ellis, and Rachel Parker. Um, I want to say we attempted to have a conversation with somebody from a, a No on 3 organization. Uh, I've had one prior with Ethan Tampi, and uh, we went for a very long time. I thought it was a very good conversation. You can find that episode. It was back in early August. It's on our feeds. Uh, talking about Missouri Amendment 3 with him, and he, and he lays out the, the most of the arguments for the no side, uh, and you know he's out there working hard to, to make his arguments. Uh, I was hopeful to have him. Unfortunately, we just, just didn't work out from a scheduling standpoint, so we wound up with a substitute, and uh, I just we, we tried to have a, a full conversation, uh, but it really devolved pretty quickly into something that just wasn't uh, helpful. It wasn't educational. It wasn't uh, helping us understand the issue uh, any differently. So uh, we pivoted, and uh, Rachel and Reese and I talked about it. I tried to lay out the uh, no arguments. I know them very well. I've been uh, looking at them. Uh, and so that's what you're going to hear in a minute. Before we get to that, I want to highlight some bullet points about Amendment 3 that help us you have text for the conversation to hear. Uh, so the NAACP of Missouri has opposed this, but most of the local NAACP chapters, such as like Boone County, for example, uh, are in favor. The Democratic Party itself did not take a position either way. Trudy Bush Valentine, the Senate candidate, has come out in favor of it. Uh, a lot of Democrats have. There's plenty of Democrats that have come out against it. Uh, Emerita Shara Jones, Representative Prouty, these are, these are people who I respect the work that they do, uh, and they've come out against it. Um, We've got Baptists, we've got Libertarians, and we've got the legalization lobby all working against uh, Amendment 3, which is a very interesting group uh, of bedfellows. Uh, it's, it's uh, you know, dogs and cats living together in mass hysteria. So uh, here's my simple summary of what I actually found reading the text of Missouri Amendment 3. So 
page 27, section 13. Uh, first of all, this argument about Amendment 3 is this 39-page thing. It is 39 pages. The first, the vast majority of it, about the first two-thirds of it, uh, actually has to do with the medical marijuana because it restates the entirety of the constitutional section with small changes that would come from this vote. So the 39 pages thing is, uh, very simply put, bullshit. Um, page 27, section 13, must have at least six micro licenses per district with three periods that those are going to happen. By the end of those periods, there would be 144, minimum 144 micro business licenses out there. Page 21, section 3, limitations, 21 years old. The rest of it's basically the same as alcohol. Page 30, part 6, taxation, pays for the administration of the new department. There's money for expungements. There's money for veterans. There's money for treatment programs. And there's money for public defenders. Let me say that again. The 6% tax on this marijuana would help give money for expungements, which are part of the law, money for Veterans Commission, money for treatment programs for drug abuse, and money for public defenders, which desperately needs funding. Page 36 to 37, personal use regulations. Smoking in public. If you stand outside and you get caught smoking marijuana in public, up to a $100 fine, a civil penalty, not criminal. Underage smoking, a $100 civil fine. Possessing more than three ounces but under six ounces, $250 civil penalty for a first offense, $500 civil penalty for a second offense, and you have to have three offenses before you can be charged with any type of crime whatsoever. Also, all fines can be met by community service. All of them can be met by community service. Within six months, within six months, the courts are to automatically expunge criminal records of all misdemeanors and marijuanas for not, marijuana offenses for non-incarcerated persons within 12 months for felony expungement for up to most of them, not all of them, but quite a bit of them. If you are incarcerated, if you are otherwise serving a sentence of some kind, parole, probation, whatever, uh, you do have to file a petition for release from that, okay? Uh, to be clear, going to prison, being actually incarcerated for substantial periods of time for marijuana requires quite a bit of possession in the state of Missouri, quite a bit. Uh, all of this has to be done by the court with a clear record, and they actually have to notify the person in the whole bit uh, that this is this is happening. Uh, no legal conduct of marijuana can be used for the basis of detention, search, or arrest. No legal use. No legal conduct. The only way that could happen is if you are seen using marijuana while driving a vehicle, which I got to tell you would probably be hard to prove. No denial of state or public assistance. No denial of parental rights for use of marijuana. Article 1, Section 23 of the Missouri Constitution, uh, which is the state's version of the Second Amendment, can't take your guns for smoking marijuana. If federal law becomes more lenient, then the Missouri law will fail and the federal law will win. That's the last couple of pages. There's, there's Folks are twisting the, the words on those pages. It's very simple. If the feds give a better law, congratulations, folks. It'll be better. 
Those are the main bullet points I want to make on Amendment 3. I will tell you before we get to this discussion, I am voting yes. I'm encouraging everybody I know to vote yes. I think that it is foolish at this point to be arguing to vote no on it for any reason other than the fact that it does not have immediate immediate expungement and release for folks who are incarcerated. I understand that argument. It's the only one I really frankly understand uh, as, as a good faith argument. The rest of them I just don't even think makes sense. Uh, and that's why I'll be voting yes, and I encourage all of you to vote yes as well. Uh, and stick around for the rest of the episode because I think it'll help you understand why I'm in that position and why I think you should be too. So thanks for stopping by. Uh, enjoy the rest of the show and uh, get out there and vote. We'll see you. We'll see you soon. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about Amendment 3. This is the the fun, sexy one. Um, so here here's the deal. This is kind of a second take. We tried uh tried in good faith to have somebody on to represent the no on Amendment 3. Uh, I made contact with somebody who's been on the show before. They had agreed to come on. They couldn't make it. It was it was a late switch to somebody else. And we tried for probably too long, uh, to be fair. Uh, but it just didn't work. And, and the reason it didn't work, I'm going to say, is that the person was not making good faith arguments. Um, and I'm not going to publish that on these shows because we're going to use the, the facts and the laws that are out there and the actual words that are out there. Um, and people can complain about that if they want to. And if, if the folks from that group want to complain, they're welcome to do so. I, but, I'm going to say too, like, hi, it's Rachel and Reese's Reese Ellis, yeah, and Reese is, Ellis here. is here with us. Reese too. Ellis yeah. is here. Um, and we're going to thank Reese for coming back again and again because he's yep. he came back for this too. I want to say that I was I was sitting here for the whole conversation and I felt like it wasn't a fair discussion because Adam is um he's a professional of the court and Adam knows how to read laws because he has to prosecute them in small counties across Missouri and he talks about that a lot. And I felt like um the person who we uh, had on to discuss um, the what they believe to be flawed aspects of Amendment 3 was um, clearly taught some talking points that were taken out of context and non-contextual. And she, this person, well, she um, wasn't uh, wasn't appropriately knowledgeable about the law. I'll just say that. So it was it started to get very insider very quickly. And we're just not that kind of a podcast like. We're not the, yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, no, it is. Yes, it really, like, we're just not those people. We're not those folks. So hopefully we're going to have a little more of a constructive conversation yeah. and we're not, we just don't want to punch. We're not punched down people. That's what it comes down to is that we are not punched down folks. That's so, not our So thing. here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay out the, the no on three arguments that we have been hearing um, because they've been very consistent they have been, it shouldn't be in the Constitution. They have been, it's still, you can still get in trouble for smoking marijuana in public and it's going to allow for police to search people and that's still going to be just as bad as it's ever been. Uh, it is that it doesn't go far enough on criminal justice. Uh, it is that uh, it creates a quote, and I, this is a word I've seen in every one of these arguments, it creates a monopoly on who can and cannot create and that uh, the micro licenses 
that there just aren't enough micro licenses provided for and that overall we could have a better law and that's why we shouldn't pass this amendment three. Am I missing anything, Reese, Rachel? Am I missing one of the arguments here? I want to—I really do want to make sure that we have all of those arguments on the table. I'm going to throw that to Reese because Reese wrote the 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 Twitter the Twitter thread fire. On yeah, this and whole that, thing. there's a link to that Twitter thread in the show notes, uh, which is why Reese is here because he did a great job of going through the arguments. So, yeah, Reese, am I missing anything? No, I, I think that's pretty much it. And, you know, it has been pretty consistent to be fair. And a lot of the people who've made these arguments, I would call friends of mine, good allies, people that you want on your side in an August primary and definitely in a November election. Sarah Jones, for example. <laughs> for, for example, great mayor. Proudy, yeah. We disagree. We disagree. We don't have to disagree all the time. Great mayor. Great um, mayor. But you know, the, the first part of that I really want to touch because I think it's the most important part, the most important piece of it is, you know, there is a lot of talk about the permanency of this amendment. You know, we're right. putting it to the Constitution. It's permanent. It's going to be hard to change. But, you know, if you were to ask someone, I think, what would be the path forward to legalization, they would tell you that it's an amendment because of the state of the legislature. And so long as we have the initiative petition process, there is really no reason why there cannot still be a, an amendment that supersedes this one, whether that's next year, 2024, or what have you. You know, right. this this amendment can be changed by another amendment. And so that that's really important. It's not all that permanent. We saw that happen with Clean Missouri, which was passed in 2018, right. and then was repealed with another amendment. Yeah. So... That's important. Uh, the initiative petition process part of that, I don't want to skip over either, um, may not be long for this world. In the no. first take, I said, you know, it may be kind of a foot in the grave, foot on a banana peel kind of thing, because the Republicans in this legislature, we've got a perfect storm of things going on. They they don't believe in popular sovereignty anymore, for one. Um, <laughs> they've been dealt pretty big, high profile defeats. Uh, through this process over the last several years, Medicaid was expanded, minimum wage was increased, uh, Prop A was defeated, Missouri is not a right-to-work state. These are things that um, would not have happened if not for that process. And they've had some wins on their side, but I, I think that they would rather trade all their wins if we didn't have expanded Medicaid and so on and so forth. I don't think that anyone in the legislature and that supermajority is happy that Missouri opted into Obamacare. And so in the election and elected officials committee, which deals with all of, you know, these kind of issues, we had nine bills pass out of committee that would have basically made the process uh, so hard that it would be impossible to one of them, HJR 133, would raise the number of votes you need to pass uh, an amendment or, you know, a statutory change yeah. to 2.2 million votes, half of all registered voters, which is half a million more people than Donald Trump got in a landslide victory in Missouri. So guess what? None's ever going to get 2.2 million votes. It's dead. There are eight more bills like that. And they are going to come back to that. Whether or not they pass it, I don't know, but they seem to mean it. And when they get something in their head, they tend to do it. The Second Amendment Preservation Act, that's from 2013. And it kept coming back until they did it. And I think and that's doesn't where we it, are. I mean, to, to, to get back to your point about, I think that's really an important point. Like, I don't, I, I try not to be a harbinger of doom, but I try to also be realistic and pragmatic. And Jay Ashcroft, who wants to be governor, um, 
seems hellbent. It's, this seems to be like his his sort of mission critical thing is getting rid of the ballot initiative process. Like he really, really hates it. He made it, they just made it more difficult and he did what he could with his stroke of a pen. He, something with the, about like the, the different, you have to get number, it's, you can talk about it, but it doesn't really matter for this conversation, but like you have to get more signatures per different county or something instead of overall signatures yeah. or whatever the hell it was. And it was, yeah. it it's seemed a minimum like a number thing. for every single congressional district, but then there's it, a number that you can get to that eliminates the minimum for each district. Well, if you look at you, Adam, knowing all the stuff and I didn't even have to ask Reese. Um, well, it's on yeah. their mind. They came it's up on their mind. Conversation too, because they said, well, we don't want to end up like Kansas. If we gerrymander too hard, they can get enough signatures from just Kansas city alone. So they, they're thinking about it, this process. Right. And they're thinking about right. it too, because let's face it. Like we're, we're like, they know that, we're going to legalize abortion by the ballot initiative process if that's something that we can do and yeah. i don't think that um the jay ashcrofts of the world particularly give a shit about that but they do care about what that will do to turnout and high turnout um for things like that is always really bad news for them okay we can stop so i'm i'm gonna stop talking about that now <laughs> and i'm gonna let reese continue breaking down the threat because it was so good yes um another piece of this um has been um, you know, they talk about, you know, the restrictions, you know, they're, they're stopping sight in there. And I, I take that seriously. But I think an important detail that's missed in this is that it sets a, first of all, it, it's not a misdemeanor, it's not a felony. It is a, uh, and th we're talking about for public consumption of marijuana, right? right. It's a um, civil, civil penalty. Civil penalty with um, a maximum fine of $100. Not right. a minimum fine, but a maximum fine. Other and, states have maximums of $500 and $1,000. And with that minimum fine, Reese, what can you do instead of paying a fine? Ooh, you're actually about to teach me something. Community service. Every single fine in this thing has an option for community service instead wow. of money. Every yep. single one of them. Do you know how many times you have to be fined for, for possessing more than three ounces before you get criminally charged? Uh, more than once, more than twice. More than twice. In fact, you have to have more than six ounces two times before you commit a crime at all. Yes. <laughs> at all. And you know what the penalty is? Up to a $500 fine and they take your weed away. And that's like, don't leave. And I think I just was trying to scan through the... That's a misdemeanor. Um, Six ounces it's is a misdemeanor. A misdemeanor. Yeah. So I, I was scanning through the California law because California was one of the first It's a misdemeanor three. if you have it three times. Not right. even if you and have a, it like, once. And if you leave the house... Okay, here, okay, here's a tip, pro tip. Don't, Don't leave, leave the house, house with six ounces of marijuana. There's no reason for... Unless, unless you are a dispensary... And you're moving it in which case between you locations. Have a in which case you'd have a license. Don't leave your house with fucking six ounces of pot, or or don't do it in a way where it's like, hey, guess what I have? Six. Anyway, um, yeah. but anyway, that is I was about a thousand dollars worth of marijuana, which some people purchase all at once. I don't know anyone sure. that does, but some people do. But it's like going um, to Costco you know, and buying lot. your meat. Gosh. Yeah, go then go straight home. Like don't don't fuck around. Don't don't be like you know what I'm gonna do. Bring this to the bring this to a concert. Like don't be a dickhead. So but I, fair, looked... right? I buy my coffee. Rachel knows this. I get very fancy coffee. Uh, I get my coffee from Ozark Coffee Company. I love it. It's it's amazing. I get it in the mail. You know what? I buy pounds of coffee at a time because I can't get it in but the store. I have to. But get you it through also the mail. consume probably 
you consume a lot more coffee than you would. It takes a lot of coffee marijuana. to get caffeinated. It yes, does. it does. Yeah. Depending on the person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. No, based and, on and, how and, much coffee grounds I pour into my trash every day, if I yeah. used that much marijuana two, in one day, I would not be going. And to you work. have two adults too that are drinking the same amount right. of coffee give or take <laughs> yes, every day. Yes, yes. And things like that. But I was looking. I was poking around to see because I think when there was some some suggestion very early in our conversation with the um, no one three person we were representative we were talking with and. Um, there was kind of the suggestion like there was no necessary there was no need to look at similar legalization laws yeah. to compare it to Missouri's because that's not relevant and i was like fuck yeah it is because like we live in a country and everything is about context and you know we're not it's not like it's not like the united states has like a holland you know where the eu goes well we're not like holland i mean like in holland you can apply to commit suicide if you don't have cancer you can I just mean, be like Vegas. i just don't want to live anymore like they're so super liberal that like if we had a holland in the in, in america i'd be like well we can just do what holland does but we don't the best that we have is like colorado california oregon and like new york. nevada new york, and new york yeah. and new york about new york there's no public consumption in any state you know, right. except and not even in New York. And in New York, the rule is you can smoke marijuana wherever you can smoke tobacco. That's our most liberal example. And you can't marijuana. smoke tobacco anywhere in New York. You know why? Because you can't fucking go anywhere and smoke. Like I was with a friend of mine. This is serious there. I was in Brooklyn and I was with my friend who's very drunk and he lit a cigarette and they were like, get the fuck out. So that's how serious they are about not smoking cigarettes anywhere in New York City. Anyway, I was going to mention that in California... I was kind of just like trolling around on the internet to find out like how much you can possess in in um in marijuana. Um, you can possess up to twenty eight point five grams, and according to this site that I found, and this might be wrong, um, that includes whatever you grow. So if you cultivate more than an ounce at a time, you're not supposed to have it. So obviously, marijuana, Missouri's legal is Amendment Three would be is much more permissive in terms of how much you can possess at one time. So I do want to clarify that as far as building on what people have learned and figuring out what they can get across the finish line, and, and getting back to like why did normal endorse this thing? I can't remember if we talked about that during this take yeah, two that, session that or not. Up. That's a good point. Um, that the, Nor the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, which is the oldest anti-marijuana prohibition organization in the country, um, is is behind this bill. And, and they have been probably a huge facet of why they're definitely a huge facet of why medical marijuana became a pathway to to um, legalization all over the country. And um, I think they're very good at like getting whatever they can across the finish line somewhere where it's possible learning from their lessons and then taking those lessons to another state and lobbying that state for a medical marijuana law. That's like just this much better than the one that they just passed. Um, and let's be clear that there's nothing wrong. Like the medical marijuana law that we have now is pretty good. It's just that, that our governor is a, is a, is an incompetent, like corrupt, lazy, whatever kind of imbecilic, um, and, uh, you know, 
Reese, you don't have to buy into that because you because you actually have to see the man every <laughs> yeah, day. No comment from Reese Ellis. No is comment from Reese, but, no but if I we run can talk, in the elevator. Yeah, no comment. Um, but there has been a lot of frustration with Governor Parson for only issuing medical marijuana licenses to like his cronies and his friends and things like that. So I guess like what can we say to address those concerns, good or bad? I'm not saying to like we're not gonna. You know, we're not going to whistle something. What's the old st- saying about like whistling something into the snowstorm? Like, the, I'm not going to do that. But I do want to say like how how much different or are in what similar situation would we be with after Amendment 3, do you think? So I think the state of play. Well, first of all, a lot of this is up to the discretion of the Department of Health and the Department of Health has the full authority to issue more licenses if they want to. And Which they is have, an important point that the licensure issue is a minimum, not a maximum. It, it, the, that's that's correct. And, um, you know, the, they have issued more licenses as the lawsuits have progressed, and it shouldn't take a lawsuit for them. There were a lot of people who were not picked for medical marijuana licenses during the original uh, selection process way back when. They've sued. The uh, Department of Health has said, oops, uh, here's your license. That's kind of picked up a little bit. I would expect that to continue to pick up. And frankly, I don't see why um, that wouldn't be the case once we have, um, well, first of all, this this amendment, you know, this also isn't perfect, but I think it's a good provision. Nevertheless, the 144 micro licenses. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's a great start. That's going to produce a lot of competition. And frankly, um, you know, I hate to quote John Payne, who is from um, this push to get this amendment through, but the Department of Health is kind of incentivized to create more licenses if the market shows that, you know, there isn't enough competition, there needs to be more licenses. And so I I think that ultimately we're going to end up with more dispensaries, more people are going to have opportunities to enter this market. It's not going to be perfect, but that is a part of the point of we can still have another amendment on this if that's what it's going to take. Uh, this does. This isn't the end of the process. This is the beginning. So long as the initiative petition process well, And I think even without the. So this is what I'll I'll posit um, that you know um, marijuana would be legal right now in the United States federally if the federal government didn't see what happened in California in 1998. So like the rub of California passing medical marijuana is that California started the path that we're on now. The problem with it is that it let the state, let the federal government kind of take their hands off the wheel and go, hey, man, we're just going to leave this one up to the states, kiddos. You know what I mean? Like, they That's got this. Yeah. yeah, they got <laughs> it. Like, look at all this legal. Like, I remember seeing Gavin Newsom on, like, Real Time or something a million years ago talking about how how excited he was that we just passed legal legal marijuana. I was like, you didn't do shit. Like, the voters did it. Like, you, the same thing is true about it. He's like, we, you know, we did medical first. I was like, once again, who's we, bro? Like, because you had nothing to do with it. Um, uh, I totally... Oh, this is what I was going to posit. So I think that human beings are fairly consistent, even if they are as full of shit as a lot of the Republicans in Jeff City and elsewhere are. And if they don't have to do this, like if they're not the ones that actually have to be responsible for for crafting and passing this legislation, if they instead are the ones that that go, we 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 made how much money in tax revenue? For marijuana, yeah, let's open way more dispensaries. And what can we can we do more of this now? Like, how well, do we it's make gonna more? It's going to get a lot easier for them to sell their argument about getting rid of property taxes and getting rid of income taxes. 
uh, they really want to do that. Six percent sales tax. This is going to produce a lot of revenue. I, a lot I of revenue. All the fiscal note, but it's, uh, or rather, this didn't have a fiscal note. But um, the the expected expected first year thirty five million uh, in in revenue, and uh, the and the revenue pie. Uh, by the way, goes uh, first part to to veterans uh, care, uh, the second part to addiction assistance and and substance abuse assistance in general, which is going to help expand drug court programs throughout the state of Missouri, which if you don't know what a drug court program is, look them up. They're very good. We have one in my county. They're very effective and they help a lot of people who otherwise would go to prison. Uh, and then three, uh, <laughs> it, it, it helps fund the expungement portion of the law yeah and the and public what's... and the public defender system which needs oh my god badly i'm so excited to vote for this tomorrow i don't know what else to say i'm gonna go for the i like i i listen i i approach i really do honest 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 to everything I really do try it i'm actually pointing i've got my finger i've she got my bernie finger my shit out of it i've and got confirm. my bernie this is my Bernie Sanders finger right here. He's got the hook going and it all comes from the elbow. Um, I always like to think that I'm someone who will entertain um, another viewpoint. I, I think that's a, a fantastic understatement. Um, I have uh, been through many different types of arguments and conversations over the years about a number of different issues I worked for libertarians who sold gold. I don't know if you've ever met people who sell <laughs> <Yeah>. gold. <laughs> They're That's one of like, special creatures. They that are. Should be and your I new worked... Twitter bio. I worked for libertarians <laughs> worked who for sold libertarians. gold. I did. I did. I I uh I went to Jersey, not new, old baby. I went to the Isle of. I have been to the Channel Islands where uh they mint uh trust accounts for people that have a lot of money. Anyway, um, I ran around with those. So I had to sit across the table from people and talk about the elimination of federal income tax and how that was a wonderful idea. And I was like, okay, go tell me what you got and how FDR was, was really a totalitarian. And I've heard, I've heard a lot of things where I was like, I'll hear you. I'll listen. Um, and, uh, and, and I've learned things that way. And so I yeah. am just, I'm just, I have not been unconvinced of uh, my zeal and delight for to, to i'm excited to vote i'm gonna vote tomorrow that's my plan because we get to vote early um and so i'm super pumped. so people could be listening to this while you're voting wow got it that'd be so awesome yeah that too meta wow. you just get too meta that's no I, a little bit i was like what is that that's like to me that's like uh, who's it was it bethany mann that is the is she the chemist i'm so yeah. sorry for everybody okay no, it's bethany it's, yeah. it's age Missouri it's third age. District Democrat yes. bethany mann. and she was talking about taking an oreo off of the factory like freshly made yes. oreo she yes. had freshly made oreo at her job yes and she's like it was so good that she can't eat the like the regular like <laughs> yeah. you know over the counter oreos like <laughs> Like us plebs when she have had to an eat. Oreo from the tea to just yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what? So so. <laughs> so and we're not even stoned. We're no. sound like this. Um. So someone voting for someone 
listening to this while I'm potentially voting for this tomorrow is that Oreo for me. That's, that's what awesome. that's like. That's, that's awesome. so great. Reese, Reese, close us out. Help us understand. You said you were hesitant. Yeah. And you were basically on the fence uh, on this thing until very recently. So help us help us understand the kind of baseline tipping point for you, why you're voting yes on Missouri Amendment 3. The 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 it all comes down to if it fails um i mean where does that leave us right. if it fails i i am not you know i've been around the block once i won't say i've been around the block a couple times but it is my impression that the legislature would not take up this issue yeah. uh because i don't know that there is solid support among the republicans given that the speaker the now speakers, the one who tanked this bill, I don't think that they would see a failure of this legalization amendment as an encouragement to move forward on something better, worse, or the same. So that's one piece of it. So I know that if this fails, that the legislative path for it, for intents, all intents and purposes, may be dead unless we get some. And is is Schmidt? Good... Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna. Ask, did Schmidt Dogan? Is he terming out this session? Is he He's done? done. He's gone. Yeah. So he yeah. was one of the major backers of this of this like he was one of the people who really shepherded this this bill through, right? Like he was somebody who Him and Ron Hicks, yes. Yeah. 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 So he's not there. He's not there. A, lot of, a lot of them that support you know, that's another thing. The 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 makeup of this legislature is going to change. You know, a lot right. of the folks who remember this bill and what it yeah, took to get there. Minutes are not going to be there anymore. Ron Hicks, who wrote the bill, he's going to be gone. Shamed Dugan, like you said, ran for county executive, but he was term limited anyway. He's gone. Um, but even that aside, if this were to fail, I, I just don't see them taking it up in the legislature. So that's that's one piece of it, at least not in the near term. The other piece of it is, um, isn't, isn't the plan forward fail or pass an amendment anyway and right. so would it not be better to provide relief to people right now who will receive some relief because yeah. otherwise they're going to be hanging in limbo for something that may or may not come. And should the initiative petition process die, they're going to be hanging, waiting for the federal government. We'll see what happens with that. Right. My impression of the Eighth Circuit in the Supreme Court says that maybe they don't respect all presidential authority. I'd like to think that if Joe Biden or whoever, uh, you know, descheduled marijuana or took some executive action on it, that it would sail through. But I don't know that. And I don't know that, you know, he is that that's imminent necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking about the short term and the short term and the medium term is that it is better to start somewhere than to potentially not get anywhere for who knows how long. I think that's a, a really important part point that I just want to highlight, and then Rachel, you can take it, is that the folks who are currently uh, incarcerated, and that that's a group that that does get lost in this, as we hear expungement a lot, and to clarify for people, expungement is different from uh, commuting or otherwise overturning or changing or you know anything involving your sentence that you're either incarcerated or on probation or parole. Those are not the same thing. Expungement is getting rid of a record. That's something else. This law goes into effect if it's if it's passed, and I think it's going to pass. If it passes, it goes into effect in 30 days, okay? That doesn't mean you're going to be able to go down to the corner and buy marijuana in 30 days necessarily, but you might be able to. But 
what will happen is in 30 days, folks who would like to have their sentences commuted or otherwise get out of prison will have the ability to immediately start petitioning for that. And on top of that, the expungement procedure for people who are already done with whatever sentence they had, whether it was a fine or jail time or probation, whatever, for every single misdemeanor marijuana offense, not some of them, not certain amounts, 100% of misdemeanor offenses of marijuana. You can go look them up right now what they are. Guess what? You got to have a lot of weed to get a felony for marijuana in Missouri. So all those misdemeanor charges, goodbye, hell, forever. The felony charges, most of them go away as well. We're talking about what's left on the table are heavy possession, probably trafficking possession. Actually, trafficking specifically gets left on the table. So, right, if you're a drug trafficker, you don't get expungement. Or, or if you DUI were or right, a D, right, yeah, no, if you had a mind. DUI, but you were high on marijuana when you got your 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 DUI. But if you are talking about, you know, the folks that we hear about all the time when we're hearing about the the, the racial impacts of, of laws like marijuana laws, right? We're talking about stop and frisk, small infraction type arrests that lead to bigger problems down the line. Those types of things are going completely away. And I think that's really, really important part of this. Rachel? At most, I don't have enough fingers uh, to count the number of times that um, cause my era, we were just past the era of like cops harassing people, just dudes, just cause they had like long hair cause they hated hippies so much. I'm just, I'm just South of that age wise. Like I'm just a little bit later. Um, but I mean, that doesn't mean that I have so many, I can't even, again, I can't count the number of times on one hand that a friend of mine looked funky, looked cross-eyed at a cop or whatever. And the cop was like, empty your pockets. And my friend had a roach in their pocket and they got dragged down to, you know, they had to spend the night in jail. Um, is that a roach in your, you know, a, a roach in a, a, a car ashtray when we still had those, like things like that. Like, and in most cases it was an inconvenience, but I know exactly zero people that even want to spend the night in jail, let alone um invite search right so just the right. idea that like you can't you can't ask to search me anymore that's it we're done with that that's over um i don't really i i feel like i had some other um insight or something else i wanted to say um uh when reese was was talking about um oh this is what i want to say so one of this so there's like the hard um benefits that we all we've kind of i spent mm -hmm. a lot of i think a lot of talking about and there's also like what i would call like the soft benefits or something like this the soft benefits are that like people have been brainwashed into thinking for a very long time that marijuana was like a gateway drug which is right. it's not um and that it uh is um i don't know there's just so many ridiculous bullshit things from like the reagan era and the nixon era that just completely plagued um the time frame in which that i grew up and um when people get used to it and it's kind of around and again i'm sure there's going to be data also just the fact that they'll be able to use marijuana in medical studies to see its effect on things like depression and mental health to see its effect on pain management um 
they can't do that right now because it's not possible to apply for like nearly enough grants. The more commonplace these things become, the easier it is to study them, right? The easier it is to study the positive and negative impacts on the body. So if you're a physician, um, if you're someone like when I first moved to, to Missouri, I'll say this very, very quickly and then I'll shut up. Uh, when I moved to Missouri several years ago, I was um, suffering from, um, I had a lot of fibroids and if uh, women, most women know what those are and they won't kill you but my god you some days you want to die because it, it gives you like redonkulous um menstrual cycles and so and and i had headaches and pain and migraines and all kinds of stuff and so um i was getting treated for that and the, and the doctor was like well what do you use to manage pain and i said well every once in a while I'll smoke a little marijuana now i used to say that in la all the time and they'd be like oh, okay great like not even and here they were like <gasps> you do what and i was like i smoke a little weed every now and again like a couple of times i mean you know there's sometimes this just helps me eat helps me work and i got the look on their face like i had just like stepped into a scene from like reefer madness or something so we are in a we are missouri is long overdue for um a societal shift in how it regards uh marijuana usage and i think that is a huge soft benefit of um decriminalization and lifting prohibition so that other more sort of uh i'll just say like sort of permissive situations can be applied uh yeah. as people get more and more used to it and see the economic benefits as well reese final word final word uh you know vote vote yes because frankly it is if you it, Unless you don't believe that marijuana should be legal. If you believe that cannabis should be illegal, then you should vote no because this is going to legalize it. Uh, but if, if you do uh, support the legalization of cannabis, you should, support, you, sh you should vote yes. I mean, that's kind of a full stop thing. That's it. You know, that vote yes if you believe cannabis should be legal. Vote no if you don't. Reese Ellis, man, thank you very much. You've been uh, generous would be an incredible understatement uh, with your time tonight. And we thank you from the pod for your well uh, thought out uh, arguments and your uh, patience and, and for being here with us tonight, man. We appreciate it. We, we got to we got to figure out uh, I'm going to be coming to Jeff. So I'll make sure I'm in contact when we get there, because I think I owe you at least one beer. Um, at least. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot man of course glad to be here the heartland pod is a production of midmap media llc follow us on twitter with at the heartland pod with email you can reach us heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com online with heartlandpod.com subscribe and please sign up for our patreon with patreon.com slash heartlandpod become a podhead or an official Podgressive today and unlock all of our content. See you at the next show. <laughs>